The Boston Bruins took care of business over the weekend, beating both the Buffalo Sabres and the San Jose Sharks. They now face a tough test this coming week with games against the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. We will get into all of the above here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you for joining me. My name is Ian McLaren, and let's get into it, shall we? Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Thank you for making Locked On Boston Bruins your number one listen every day, your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, so wherever you get your podcasts, uh, please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. We are also on YouTube, and you can subscribe there as well. There's some bonus content that I'm posting up there, some pre-game, post-game thoughts uh, to get you ready for the Bruins games, and any breaking news that happens, there will be a video up there as well. I hope you all had a great weekend. I uh, certainly did. Yesterday, impromptu uh, visit to uh, the local OHL rink where I watched the Kitchener Rangers lose to the local Guelph Storm, which was great to see. Uh, very impressed by an Anaheim Ducks prospect named Sasha Pastujov in that one. Anyways, for those who don't know, I do live in Ontario, uh, just west of Toronto. I'm a lifelong Bruins fan. been writing about this team for 16 years now. And um, yeah, I wrote for the Hockey Writers, SB Nation. I Worked full-time for The Score, a mobile app that you may use, a very popular sports app. Uh, I covered the OHL for a couple of years after that, and now have been hosting this podcast for two years, also writing for The Owner's Box uh, up here in Canada as well. Um, so yeah, let's get into this weekend's action, shall we? Not going to do game recaps per se, but uh, it's important to look back at what happened over the weekend before looking ahead at uh, the next games. And, you know, it all began on Friday night in Buffalo, where Linus Olmark picked up his first Bruins win as the Bruins beat the Sabres by a score of 4-1. to Olmark said it's definitely going to be one of those lifelong memories for sure. Very special. Uh, he said he had a couple lucky bounces, but that's the game of hockey. Sometimes you have them with you, sometimes you don't. Today was one of those days where he had them with him and the guys did a terrific job putting the puck in the net at the other end, uh, including Taylor Hall, who got uh, widely booed in this game by the Sabres faithful, however many there were in the stands. Um, he uh, had an emphatic empty net goal to give the Bruins the 4-1 win. David Pasternak scored his first. Uh, Tomek Nosek scored his first goal as a Bruin, and Charlie Coyle uh, potted one as well. Uh, Brad Marchand picking up a couple assists in that one. 
there were a couple absences in Nick Felino. Anton Bleed left that one uh, with an injury, uh, both of whom did not play on Sunday. And uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But overall, you know, the Bruins were kind of a little outworked in that one by the Sabres. Uh, they were outshot. Uh, by a decent margin, what was it? It was, um, let's see here, 36-26 in favor of the Sabres, uh, but the Bruins, it was kind of similar to the Flyers game where the Bruins just took advantage of all uh, their opportunities. The Sabres, uh, getting the more shots on net, just couldn't find the back of the net. The Sabres did impress me, though. They had uh, a much higher work ethic. You can tell that they're a harder working team this season. Uh, Dylan Cousins, in particular, had a very strong game for them. I think he had, yeah, a number of attempts, six shots on goal for the Sabres. Uh, but again, just could not find the back of the net. And the Bruins held on for the win uh, in that one to pull to 2 1 and 0 up to that point. And then uh, that leads us into. Sunday's game against the San Jose Sharks, where the Bruins built uh, a big 4-1 lead that they almost relinquished. Uh, the Sharks came back and uh, made things interesting near the end with a 4-3 deficit uh, that they almost came back from, but the Bruins were able to hold on. Uh, Brad Marchand led the way for the Bruins. He now has four goals and seven points in four games. Uh, he has the sixth most points in the NHL. Uh, very good start for him, but not quite good enough. Uh, he said uh, he has to be better and manage pucks better. He's felt tired a few games. Uh, he still thinks he can be better than what he's been. Points are part of it, obviously. He wants to be happy with where he's playing and how he's playing, and he's not quite happy enough yet with how things have been, which is kind of ridiculous. If you've watched Brad Merchant, it's clear that he is you know, very close to the top of his game, one of the best wingers in the NHL, with no doubt. And if he can reach another level, then uh, the Bruins will that be that much better. Uh, he scored a goal. Uh, David Pasternak scored. Jake DeBrusque scored. And Derek Forbort added his first as a member of the Bruins uh, as the Bruins built that three goal lead that they nearly squandered as San Jose scored two quick ones in the uh, closing minutes of the final frame, but the Bruins did hold on. Bruce Cassidy that said he thought the Bruins start was excellent. He wouldn't say the team unraveled in the third period. Uh, the two deflections happened to find their way in the third goal was a questionable one as it was borderline high stick reviewed upheld, but it's kind of hard to make those determinations when it's, you know, so slightly over the net. Um, he said he didn't mind the way the team played. They can always do stuff better, manage the puck, but it wasn't to him a barrage or anything like that. Those are things that happen periodically. No way you're losing games. If that's the best they've got in the third period. So Bruce Cassidy, uh, yeah, happy with the way the team played there, despite giving up those couple goals, a couple lucky bounces. Uh, but the Bruins still were able to, yeah, get the better of the San Jose Sharks. In fact, Boston outshot San Jose 12-10 in the final period. 
Uh, before we get to some other bits from this game, let's talk for a moment about uh, Direct Stream. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can stream your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. The best part? There's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Again, we're free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. Uh, last time I checked the numbers, we were headed for, I think, a top three month in the history of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Uh, we are almost there with a week to go in October. So uh, thank you so much again for for listening and uh, for making Locked on Boston Bruins, part of your day. Uh, it really means a lot to have that support. Now, Jake DeBrusque, I mentioned, started uh, strong again in this game, starting strong to the season, giving the Bruins a 4-1 lead at 541 of the second period, uh, held up as the game-winning goal. Uh, he collected a feed from Oscar Steen before ripping one far side past the glove of Sharks goalie Aiden Hill, for his second of the season. I mentioned earlier, Felino and Bleed were banged up. Uh, so Felino was placed on IR. John Moore was reassigned to Providence prior to the game against the Sharks. And Steen and Jack Stadnika made their uh, debuts for the Bruins, season debuts, that is. Uh, Brad Marchand said he thought Jake played well. Seems to have that extra step in his game this year, which is great to see. Such a dangerous player when he's moving his feet and attacking the way he is or getting in on four checks and turning pucks over. Need that to continue. He's such a dangerous player. He can make something out of nothing like he did on that goal there. Great to see that he's continuing his good play and happy to see him bouncing back this year. For Steen, that was uh, just his fourth NHL game. First this season, and he picked up his first career point with the helper on DeBrusque's uh, game-winning goal. Bruce Cassidy said the puck was following Steen. Uh, he registered one shot on goal in about 10.40 of ice time. Got to learn to shoot the puck coming off the wing. Uh, he did once late in the period, but other times he had opportunities. He's deferring, uh, which they've talked about. The young guys at some point have to attack the net and be selfish when the pucks are on their stick. In terms of getting it to the net, he'll have to go through that. But he worked hard, and he was in good spots. Now, Jack Stanika, he played about 11 minutes and 10 seconds, centering Trent Frederick and Carson Kuhlman on the fourth line. Cassidy said he didn't notice him as much, but he was good defensively. Um, offensively, he didn't know if that line um, had much going. Uh, the look at it, and I think they came up and did their job defensively. Uh, Stadnika, I don't know. He's not really suited to a fourth-line role. If he's going to be up here for any length of time, it might be better to put him on the second line with Coyle and Hall and have Thomas Nosek come down and play the fourth line with Kuhlman and Frederick as he had to start the season. No disrespect to Nozick. He has scored up there on the second line. Uh, but if it's Stadnika playing on the right side to get him more 
involved offensively or swapping Coyle and Stanika so that uh, Coyle's playing on the right side to give Stanika a chance where he's best suited, then maybe that's uh, that's the way to go. Um, or maybe put Stanika on the third line and bump Steen down. I'm not really sure, but I don't really think that um, – yeah, that's the best spot for for Jack Stanika. Now, Derek Forbord, I mentioned, scored. He picked up his first goal. Uh, had a very strong game overall. Three shots in 20-31 of ice time. Uh, but he also helped lock things down in the closing minutes. Uh, he's, you know, the whole plan coming into the season was that uh, if the Bruins were trailing, that Grizzlick and McAvoy would be deployed to help bring them back. If they were up, then Forbort and McAvoy would be deployed to kind of help lock things down. And uh, that's what they did. Uh, he said, Bruce Cassidy said, Forbort had a good game, moved the puck a little cleaner, got rewarded with a, uh, a goal. Uh, and, you know, Forbort said in games like that, it's going to be hectic out there being out there with the one goal lead. The goalie pulled. It's kind of his favorite time to play hockey. And they were able to, yeah, lock things down and get the win. Posternak scored for his second straight game. So hopefully he can get going a bit. Uh, Trent Frederick registered the Bruins first fighting major of the season, dropping the gloves with Jacob Middleton. Uh, Cassidy said Frederick's game is much better than it was in the preseason. And he's okay with where he is right now. Uh, nice to see him get involved that way. And hopefully he can get the puck on net a bit more. Um, John Moore, like I said, was sent down to Providence. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said, Johnny played well the other night in Buffalo. Doesn't want to speak out of turn, but with call-ups, there's cap stuff going on. Uh, Johnny is going to play in the AHL. That's a good thing for him, and, and chances are he'll be back up at some point. Uh, Cassidy said he does not think Felino or Bleed will make the trip to Florida and Carolina which brings us to this coming week. The Bruins will play uh, three times this week. Uh, they'll play Wednesday in Florida, uh, Thursday against Carolina uh, at home, or sorry, in Carolina, and then back uh, home to play the Panthers on Saturday. Both the Hurricanes and the Panthers are undefeated up to this point. Uh, two big tests for the Bruins for sure, and there'll be a back-to-back -back situation in there as well. So chances are uh, Allmark and Swayman will get some action this week. In terms of how the Bruins are playing overall, if you look at their underlying numbers, uh, pretty strong so far. We'll get into this more tomorrow when we look at the um, power rankings, Atlantic Division power rankings. But in terms of shot attempt differential, five-on-five, five, the Bruins are... 54.44%. Uh, they have 190 shot attempts at five on five compared to 159 for the opposition. So they rank seventh in that category. In terms of expected goals, that's kind of looking at shot attempts and the quality of those shot attempts, if they're high danger attempts. And the Bruins have 90 compared to 77 for the opposition. So that's a, uh, oh, sorry. That was uh, shot attempts, sorry. When it comes to expected goals, they're at 7.34 compared to 5.63. So that's a 56.57 uh, 
uh, percentage, good for fourth in the NHL. Their save percentage, five on five, and shooting percentage are a bit low. Uh, at uh, so they have a .969 PDO uh, between those two shooting percentage and save percentage, meaning that you know those two should rise a bit. Uh, we all know Swayman's game against the Flyers brought that down a bit. Uh, so yeah, it all adds up to mean the Bruins are playing very well. They haven't necessarily been rewarded for that at five on five. And so uh, that strong play should amount to some more opportunities and uh, some strong games coming up here against the Panthers and the uh, Hurricanes, which they will need because, like I said, those two teams are undefeated so far to begin the season. Although I think the Hurricanes uh, will play a couple games at least before they play uh, the Bruins. They're hosting the uh, Maple Leafs tonight, and uh, then they will be rested for the Bruins game on Thursday. They don't play before then. As for the Panthers, they play the Coyotes tonight, and then uh, they will await the Bruins on Wednesday. Uh, For my money, yeah, the Panthers, probably the class of the Atlantic right now. They're healthy, playing uh, very high level of hockey, exciting hockey. So they will be fun games to watch. Hopefully they go in uh, the Bruins direction. Uh, but yeah, just to reiterate the Bruins, when it comes to shot attempts, they are uh, seventh in that category. So um, regularly getting more attempts on net than the opposition, which is always great to see. And then when it comes to expected goals, that shot attempts and the quality of the shots, uh, they rank fourth in that. Uh, they have a very low save percentage, five on five. Right now, it is at um, let's see, eighty-nine point two nine, which is ranked twenty-eighth. Their shooting percentage, five on five, is ranked. Uh, let's see here. Where are the Bruins in terms of shooting percentage? Fourteenth, so not too bad. About middle of the road, but add it up, and it's at nine sixty-nine, and. Uh, the belief is that shooting percentage average out around 10%, uh, save percentage around 90%. So uh, the Bruins, yeah, have uh, some potential luck working on their side there, and hopefully they can cash in on that here in these next couple games against the uh, Panthers and the Hurricanes. And we'll preview those more, as well as take a look at the Eastern Conference power rankings or the Atlantic Division power rankings on tomorrow's podcast. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, I just want to talk about Built Bar, where you can celebrate the freedom of choice. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's really something for everyone. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, uh, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine. Or if you do have a fave, you can just load up. Uh, Not only are Built Bar flavors great tasting, but they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Uh, They're all great tasting, all healthy. The perfect snack if you're working at home like me, not really getting up much to walk around a nice little energy boost and and not uh, 
you know, you don't have to feel guilty by eating something that's covered in 100% chocolate. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. All right, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. The Blackhawks continued their woeful start to the season. Uh, they've gone 0-5-1, uh, beaten by the Detroit Red Wings, who are off to a pretty good start here this season. They weren't expected to do much, probably still not expected to be in playoff contention, but right now they're 3-2-1, and one, seven points, uh, one ahead of the Bruins, but the Bruins do have two games in hand. Again, always important to look at point percentage, uh, but they do have two of the best rookies in the NHL at the moment in Lucas Raymond, who had a hat trick, and Moritz Sider as well. Meanwhile, yeah, the uh, Blackhawks off to a terrible start and uh, really, uh, really hate to see it, don't we? Uh, the Ottawa Senators, they picked up uh, San Jose Shark Center Dylan Gambrell. Uh, rumors were that they were in on another Dylan uh, in Strom from the Blackhawks, uh, but they made this move instead uh, to shore up the center position with Colin White and Shane Pinto on the uh, on the IR. Speaking of the Senators, uh, they're off to a pretty good start as well, but Matt Murray was placed on injured reserve after a collision with New York Rangers winger Chris Kreider on Saturday, which is bad news for them as he had been playing very well in that game. And, uh, you know, the Senators are looking to surprise some people this season or two, three, uh, two and three and oh, so far. Uh, and Matt Murray was, uh, yeah, like I said, playing very well on uh, Saturday prior to that uh, injury. So uh, they might be in tough to uh, remain pretty competitive in the Atlantic. Uh, now going back to the Blackhawks, I mentioned Strom and as a potential trade candidate, Larry Brooks of the New York Post, wondering whether uh, Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves could be moved prior to the trade deadline. They both have two years remaining on their deals with matching $10.5 million cap hits and full no-move clauses. Uh, that would be pretty big ask for teams to take on. There'd have to be some retained salary there, and they'd only do that if they were kind of getting a jump on a rebuild. Uh, Kane might be more um, of a sought-after player, considering he's at more of a high level than Taves. Uh, but uh, their contracts would be very difficult to move, and the Blackhawks would have to retain some uh, some cap space for sure. Now, another Kane is in the news uh, with Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, there's a possibility that the team could reach a settlement to terminate the winger's troubled uh, tenure with the team, uh, terminate his contract, uh, he is suspended for 21 games. Uh, a highly placed NHL source says such a settlement is out of the question for now. Uh, the Sharks case for terminating the contract wouldn't be as strong as say when the Los Angeles Kings did so with Mike Richards in uh, 2015, where they paid 60% of the remaining value of his contract over 17 years cap hit included.
I think that's pretty much it for news and notes from around the NHL. There's some uh, games on deck tonight. Uh, the Maple Leafs hilariously lost to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins the other night without Malkin, Crosby, Latang, Rust. Uh, like I said, they're back in action tonight against the Hurricanes, so be keeping an eye on that. Uh, just also to see how the Hurricanes are looking uh, with the Bruins set to play them this week. Uh, the Sabres and Lightning go at it, and the Senators will be in action as well against the Capitals. The Panthers, uh, like I said, will play the Coyotes, uh, and uh, chances are they will take that one and enter the game on Wednesday with a perfect 5-0-0 record. I hope you all had a great weekend. Like I said, I was at the rink yesterday watching the Guelph Storm play, which is always fun. First time I had been to see them since they won the championship in 2019. Also got caught up on Walking Dead, the mid-season finale, uh, the Billions season finale with the exit of uh, Damian Lewis as Axe, uh, which was pretty crazy. But I'm still going to keep watching it despite his uh, departure. And very much looking forward to watching Succession tonight. I finished Only Murders in the Building and Reservation Dogs over the weekend as well. Uh, so yeah, it was a fun uh, fun weekend. Very rainy day here today. So uh, that is it, I think, for the latest on the Bruins. They're actually not practicing today, so we won't get any injury updates. But Bleed and Felino both expected to miss the next couple games as well, meaning Steen and Stadnika should be in the lineup again. And uh, I'd like to see a, an increased role for Stadnika uh, and maybe bump Nozick back down to the uh, to the fourth line for sure. So, yeah, thanks again for making Locked On Boston Ruins your first listen. Please do hit subscribe on YouTube and on your podcast app if you haven't already. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Atlantic Division Power Rankings and uh, some news and notes from, from practice, all the latest on the black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every day.